Hi pals, this has now been rebranded as the Mobile Mentor Podcast, so bear with us through the brand mind body old branding, all content is just as valuable. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to the Brand Mind Body Podcast. I'm Alex Blanks. Feed your mind and body right to make yourself into a better brand. Everything is a brand nowadays, even people. What we do, what we say, the choices we make and how we behave, and these shape how we progress through life. So it's time to do some work internally and make ourselves into personal brands we're super proud of. Happy listening! Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to this episode called How to Make Friends and Digitally Influence People. This episode will be around influencers, but more specifically the human behind the term influencer. There's a lot of controversy around influencers today. When they were on the rise, they were the best thing since sliced bread, showing us a wonderland of how life could be and how accessible it is through people we knew. But years on, it's 2019 and it's a saturated, sophisticated market. Brands jumped on the hype using the influencer platform to promo their offerings under new and unique negotiation circumstances. But nowadays, consumers are more cautious on who and what to trust with regards to authenticity. We're questioning if people really use such products, if they go to these cafes and enjoy the moment, or if it's all a mirage. But at the end of the day, everyone has to make an income. Some stick by their values doing so, but others sell out. So today I talked to Liv, who's 24 and has been an influencer for several years now, starting out by posting her pics online, just as a passion project, but then organically growing into this role when social media tsunamied into our lives. It's her income source and always on work lifestyle and a dominant area of her life for making friends. The latter is where I want to talk about today. Discussing firsthand her take on her peers and the people in the industry, her experience of forming new friendships and maintaining them, and how she navigates this very new wave lifestyle on a personal, moral and emotional level. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Brown Mind Body. This week I'm with my sister Liv Blankson, so we're going to get going straight away as you've already heard the intro. Um, If you basically just describe yourself in a few words, say hi, um, what type of person you are and maybe star sign info to let listeners know a bit about you as a person. Um, Hi, I'm Liv, uh, 24 years old, Um, I'm a cancer, very emotional kind of people and yeah, I do this fashion blogging, influencing thing for a living now. You do, and you're London-based. Um, were you always London-based? Uh, no, from Brighton. Uh, moved up to London, well, actually, like, on and off, like, three years ago, I guess now. Um, and now I'm back in good old Brixton. That's good, yeah. I, I drove past our area last week, and I was like, this makes you feel nostalgic, but also like you. Where? <laughs> when we were on the main road next to the chicken shop, oh. <laughs> above the barbers. I was like, how did we sleep? <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> Um, so when did this influencer journey start for you and how did it really take off? Um, it didn't really start as anything like this. I wouldn't have called myself an influencer. I still hate calling myself an influencer. I hate that term. I just think it seems so, like, condescending. Yeah. Um, like, it's saying that I specifically always have to influence people. It's not really like that. I'm just posting things that I like and kind of want to do and I like creating content. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I started, it was as a hobby and kind of as an outlet when mental health issues (laughs) overtook my life so I just started doing something to take up my time and then it grew from there brands started contacting me and I was like wow this is actually a thing what Um, point did they start reaching out were you at a certain level or was it like a certain time in like the influence in the internet world what no I don't know I think I think the first ever brand I got doesn't even exist anymore. I think it was a brand called So In Fashion. And mm. they were just like, we like your blog content. Can we send you an outfit to shoot? And I thought that was the best the best thing ever. 
That is and such a, like a validating thing when yeah. you're like, brands like my shit. Yeah, <laughs> and you actually took the photos for me outside on our decking at the old house. Oh my God, I yeah. remember that. It was like a mint green tube. Yes, but I feel like you were further on in your journey then. You seemed quite like established because your content was like... A mm, bit... That was my first ever brand collab that they'd actually gifted me something to shoot. Didn't that, that get put in a magazine online? Yeah. Because I screenshotted it. I was yeah. like, how is she? She's already online in a publication. That's so cool. Yeah, it's so funny, but it's just looking back at the photos now, just in front of the brick wall on the family decking <laughs> and to how far it's come now, it's crazy. I remember editing a bit and being like, oh, that light was really bad there because I didn't really know how to shoot and I was just like taking pictures and I was like... And they were on your Canon camera yeah. initially and then we moved on to my, when I got yeah. my... um. Pana, Panasonic Lumix. Yeah, my Canon was <laughs> awful, and I didn't really know how to adjust for like lifestyle shoots. I was yeah. like, I just shoot landscapes. So this was like a whole new ball game. Yeah, it's funny. So that was when it started, and then you got yeah. more frequent. And then it just requests. grew from there, and then got to the point where, well, my the job that I did for a year and a half reached out to me because of what I did, and then because the influencer stuff grew so much, I was like, see, ya, it's time to, I guess, fly the nest and do it on your own. Yeah, it's scary, business, lady. but it's been a year now since I've done that, so. How do you find being, um, like, living this life and doing everything on your own versus being part of a company? Because you were part of an influencer marketing agency, as you just said, for a year mm-hmm. and a half. What are the differences between that lifestyle and your current lifestyle? Um, I much prefer working for myself and also... So the, the difficult thing I found was delegating for me. Like having, I love to see a task from start to finish. So I really wanted to, if I'd kind of strategize something, I wanted to see it through to the end. I wanted to run it, like implement it, run it, all of that. Yeah. And you just can't really do that in an agency, especially as it's growing at the rate it was. Like when I joined, I could do it more because there was only about eight of us. I can't believe it it was eight when you were there. Yeah, I know. But it just grew so quickly and then so did my other stuff so I had less time to give to them mm. that I just it, I got to the point where I, I would have to delegate because I could only end up offering them three days and then it cut down to two days a week mm. and yeah I just I could never oversee anything it was never done to like my standard because mm-hmm. um, you're you're quite a perfectionist so you like I really want to do that but the yeah. process but I have to take a step back and be like nope yeah so that was difficult whereas now I can do everything myself and I can see it from start to finish I know exactly where I'm at I know it's exactly how I want it to be and that I love I love having my own schedule because I'm a night owl don't really sleep much so like to be able to work through the early hours of the morning which you obviously can't do in an office Mm -hmm. but I do very much miss it was more when we had like proposal meetings and we'd get to bounce off each other discuss things have ideas just Mm -hmm. that office environment where you've got like-minded people around you obviously there are co-working spaces and I've got friends I can meet up with to do it to do stuff like that but it's just not the same as being in an office where mm-hmm. you're all kind of in the same boat and it's that social culture as well yeah that's like collective spirit and I think you just naturally when you're in that workspace environment even if you feel a bit like I don't want to do this there's someone who's around you who kind yeah. of spur you on and you just feel like you're in it together yeah so exactly. like hard times as a, as a team are easier than yeah alone yeah but then obviously at the same time as well in creative industries when you're working in office you're kind of limited to to those working hours to be cu- to be able to come up with stuff and it's like well I might want to come up I might randomly come up with stuff at like 1am in the morning mm. but you kind of have to put yourself into a box and kind of force yourself to produce ideas and stuff yeah. in those office hours which is yeah. quite difficult sometimes so it is quite constraining I found I feel like I always had to produce an output to my 100% 
like productivity level in eight hours of a day yeah. when I would walk in the morning before and have the best ideas and yeah. then it came to delivering them in like the middle of the daytime I was like well this is a really inefficient use of my time I feel a bit squashed I'm not inspired yeah I'm boxed in I'm looking at computer there's not nothing inspirational about where I am right now you're just looking at walls yeah and great <laughs> it's such a weird way to operate now we take a step back from it but like this is how it's run yeah I know but it's it can't really be avoided I guess yeah. unless they let people be a bit more flexible with their time during office hours and then like, it's harder to monitor leave, and then, then there's like exactly. you need that trust with everyone exactly and not everyone is trustworthy so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. three hour lunches and things so yeah well, they're good on a friday that way. <laughs> yeah <laughs> perks i mean not complaining but you just you know get yeah. carried away it's true you can run with it <laughs> so on your journey from i guess starting being an influencer did you ever have any moral or emotional doubts along the way when you were like questioning what you were doing or how this new career path was affecting you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a vicious kind of circle with mm. this kind of thing because for me, it helped me grow my confidence so much mm-hmm. like from the point where I couldn't even get a tube on my own in London and now I'm just like flying places on my own. Yeah, So massively. there's that, but then at the same time, you're constantly in a state of comparison with your your peers as mm-hmm. much as they're your peers and you you support each other at the same time you're also like oh well they've got that why didn't I get that they're doing that and they're growing why am I not growing etc mm-hmm. and as well obviously it's all about aesthetic and in yourself a lot of the time you feel quite crappy comparing mm-hmm. yourself to others so there's that aspect of things where it's like it's growing my confidence incredibly but also I don't know if it's hindered me <laughs> with mental health stuff as well um mm. so yeah I never I never really know how to answer that question because without it I would uh, I wouldn't have been the person I am today and I would be nowhere near as confident with like meeting people and mm. things like that but I also might have not had as much self-doubt and self-criticism of like trying to strive for this kind of perfect Mm-hmm. the perfectionism Thing. is yeah. such a key part of this role that it's yeah. hard always to keep up by your own standards as well as like you know someone in the industry sets that standard and you're yeah, like and shit someone did that standards. yeah and then society there's layers of standards yeah. that you're like competing against yeah so it's difficult and then when you get brands come to you and be like oh well your engagement's not high enough or you're not offering this blah blah, blah and it's just like knockbacks knockbacks mm. so yeah there's, like you said there's so many different levels of standards to adhere to it can be very disheartening do you think it helped at all that it was such a new kind of forming industry when you were kind of forming yourself? Like, I feel like you started at a time where you were kind of getting to know yourself and then yeah. deciding your career future when the internet and social media and the influencer world started to boom. Like, you were both yeah. in tandem and it was like, oh, you're both starting. Rather than you obviously being you, then being like, oh, I have to kind of fit into an already established sector and yeah. live up to those established standards but this is a whole new ball game you had like ideals being set as you were setting your own ideals yeah and I mean I think again that's another thing that's bittersweet because it for people coming into it now it's a lot harder to kind of establish yourself and grow Mm. because it's so saturated but at the same time people coming into it now there is a lot more rules and regulations Mm. I mean it's still it's still getting there but no one knew had any idea what they were doing kind of really when I first went into it everything yeah. was all over the place no mm-hmm. one wanted to pay because they were like well why like yeah, this is a free resource this, yeah, yeah this isn't a job like yeah. people just judged you for what you did like they thought you were a narcissist I mean some people still do but fair enough each to their own um 
but it's very not like that. Most people I know in this industry are not like that at all. They're, mm. in fact, probably more the opposite, and they use it as a sense of, like, self-acceptance. Yeah, and a, a growth tool for their yeah. own personal, like, I need this, obviously, it helps me get out and yeah. realise my potential. Exactly. So, um, I've, I've gone off tangent again. What was the beginning of the question? It was like... <laughs> I oh, no, the ideals. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, like I said, yeah, it's another bittersweet thing because they're... But now it's a lot easier to know kind of what you have to do. There's more guidelines. People understand it better. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know what I would have preferred to do, if I'm honest. I do. I did like growing as it grew mm. because I think we all learnt a lot together, everyone that kind of started at that stage. Mm. And um, now you can kind of... I've noticed that you can just like if you have a task you need to to do like I don't know you started doing accounts and your own financial like I guess parameters and now you just know how to do it because you're resourceful because there was no tools or things set in yeah. place before so now you're like you just had I'm to. A, I just have to do it problem yeah. solve and now yeah. I can run my own business and I'm a sole trader and yeah whereas now I guess people come in and they can just have people they have software mm. or people do it for them straight away yeah so but it's the same with everything now you know like when people say their spelling and their maths have got less good because it's just all there for you. Predictive text is there for yeah. you, everything. So it's sad, but it's also like it shaves so much time off your day. Efficiency obviously is like like the key aim in capitalist society. Yeah. So I think everything's always geared to that, like mm-hmm. shaving time off. And it's like technology is only gonna grow and grow still, so yeah, that's, that's what we're heading towards. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess on that note, so going into this question, how do you think the internet and the world of social media has affected people's mindsets and behaviours towards their more intimate relationships and connections? Mm, I think, well, people are a lot more open to kind of meeting people mm. through, like meeting people digitally now, mm-hmm. whereas before it'd be so taboo, like what you met someone online, like remember dating sites when they were, or it'd be like, what the hell? Clunky like, AF. Yeah, right? Like plenty of fish and things like that. Well, that's still a thing now, but it's obviously a lot more Yeah, rebranded. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even the idea of like Tinder to our parents would have been like, oh my God. But that person could be serial killer. Yeah, right? Like, but it, could, nice it could not be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's always, there's still always the risk of that, but people used to be ashamed of telling people that they're on these things and now it's just everyone laughs about it because everyone knows it. Yeah, it's a standard. So I think I think it's great and it's great for friendships. Like uh, quite a few of my friends I've met online or through like a few of my closer friends I met through the influencer marketing role. But then mm. if I hadn't have been on Instagram and doing all this blogging stuff and got scouted for that role, mm. I wouldn't have met them. So they technically also came from the digital yeah age but I yeah I just think people are a lot more open to new kind of relationships now that this is another place to meet people Mm -hmm. I guess it's just it's meeting people out and about is quite difficult now yeah again like like, the time thing like you have to dedicate time to that if you don't have it you're like well that's not a priority yeah and you have to actually like schedule things in and plan stuff and no one really does that anymore (laughs) I know like my (laughs) friendship group are like what's everyone doing on May 5th that's my my window for you and I'm like oh my god this is six weeks in advance I can't do so this just makes it so much more it's so much easier and more accessible like you could just take a look while you're laying in bed for half an hour before you go to sleep and stuff like that (laughs) so do you think there are any negatives on how the internet has kind of affected our personal relationships because I have some oh yeah of course yeah no that goes back to the comparison thing as well yeah you you can access information easier so you're constantly on alert like you're constantly able to look at what people are doing and that can put you on edge especially if you're in a relationship and like trust issues yeah you suspect things 
you're always just going to send yourself crazy because mm. you're going to keep looking into things. You have that information accessible. You can see where people have been, what they're doing. I also think a big problem is if people are that way inclined in their character, like FOMO and wanting something better, always. You're, you're a never... very FOMO person Exactly, though, so you? the internet for me has been like, oh, that's out there, that person, that activity, that thing is like out there and I don't have it. Maybe I should try it, maybe that's better. Maybe I'll feel like, that's Wonderland, there's Eden. But yeah. actually, you get there and you're like, oh, this Waste is annoying. This tool has like opened up a new world for me, but I don't know if that is su- suitable for my personality. Yeah, because I guess if you didn't you didn't view that, yeah. then you wouldn't get the FOMO because you, would, mm. you wouldn't know what you're missing out on at all, would you? So yeah. yeah, for you, I mean that doesn't. I don't really get that. So yeah, you're pretty stable in your like. It's less of a thing for me. Mm. Like I'm happy to stay in. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, well, that looks great. Yeah. I've never thought of it before. I must like it. Let's go. And then I get there. I'm like, this was interesting. But at least I did it. Haha. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, um, so when it comes to the people in your industry, from PR firms to your peers, what are the worst character traits you've noticed of people? Um, it can be a bit every man for himself I guess mm-hmm. because you're you are all essentially competing whether they're your friends or not like brands only have a certain amount of budget they only want to work with a certain amount of people mm-hmm. you people will throw you under the bus if they need to um oh wow not really that's not something I've ever done or would really do yeah it's not kind of a character trait of mine but I have come across some people that kind of they will befriend you to get what they want and their money yeah money is the ultimate goal and yeah if if they have the chance to get over you they will do everything in their power (laughs) so that's kind of like um one of the worst would you say the worst sides of this yeah so that is from the peer side of thing but then the kind of brand or like agency side of thing it's it's just it's more when it comes to payment and stuff and finances and yeah trying to chase people and them not realizing that we got lives to pay for and stuff and then just not not getting back to you and not caring i'm still seeing it as a kind of fluid concept that yeah. you're like again like i know it's now a proper job and people get incomes from it but they're also still that tentative tentative nature towards like yeah but they're still just a resource that we've just used it's yeah like it's just a side thing to them kind of thing it's not really that important like no this is my full-time job this is my source of income i need to get paid and i need to get paid on time like we have payment terms for a reason they're not just there for funsies yeah like (laughs) end of your invoice like like, you can pay me here yeah like well now we don't have to it's like i do kind of have payment terms to budget my life so (laughs) yeah i think that really needs reinforcing um because I think now when it's such a saturated, sophisticated market, it's mm-hmm. needed. Like, legislation is needed. And also, I feel like there's no third parties regulating it. You know, with everything else, like travel, yeah. like doctor, like healthcare, there's a third party regulating the industry, like advertising, there's the advertising standards. Yeah, But there's nothing the kind with, of here yet. There isn't with this industry, and that's the thing which kind of hasn't still been sorted out yet. Like, ASA has come in with guidelines and things to help people be okay. more, like, clear on when people are advertising what's been gifted and stuff but never with the finance kind of stuff oh, okay. no one's ever had any aid or help with that and people that have been doing this for years and they're huge still just some some just have, there's no protection either like mm. i've had companies just shut down and not pay me and then i've just lost the money because there's no protection so in it. oh yeah i remember when that you happened. do all the work and then they just yeah that's Go. it you can't do anything about it either because they've they've gone into liquidation but you have no protection on that money even though they owed you it 
Yeah, that's horrid. That is so random that that's still not being sorted mm. in this day and age. Like, if a doctor administered healthcare and they weren't paid, like, the person just buggered off, you're like, what? Mm. <laughs> They've always got their income and protection. Yeah. yeah. So, other than the negative sides, were there any situations where you were pleasantly surprised or you felt quite boosted from someone in the industry or you were like, ah, that was a really nice moment? And do you have an example? Um, well, no, but obviously, well, like, I met my best friend through mm-hmm. this, and that was just from Chang on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Beth. Um, Beth Elstone. <laughs> she is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> it's actually Bethany Elstone on her Insta, Insta if you want Okay, to my bad. Her. Yeah, plus <laughs> Bethany Elstone on um, Insta. But I think just the most rewarding part is, for me, there are companies which will come back after I've done one th- one thing with them and mm. they'll regularly want to work with me because they love what I do mm. they won't they won't quibble with kind of like my fees and stuff um they give me so much creative freedom it just when they trust you and they mm. know that you're professional and they they just really like your work that's such a nice feeling knowing mm. that they're, they're constantly coming back they're not babying you or like treating no. you or patronizing you yeah no yeah. and yeah and they never they never really quibble that's just been my favorite thing like for example Dorothy Perkins is a, one of the brands that have done that with me many a times, and mm. actually also Gola as well. And I love working with them both because it's just so simple and easy each time. Mm-hmm. They obviously they have a certain brief because, well, sometimes with Gola they don't, but Dorothy Perkins have because it's new launches or they've yeah. got a certain thing they want to promote. But other than that, it's like free reign. You do you. Like we we come to you because we trust in what you do, which is what yeah. I think. I get why a lot of brands aren't like that, especially if they're new to it. It's a bit scary handing over control. Yeah. But at the same time, that's kind of what this industry is for because we're not models. We we are our own people and yeah. we created our own brand. Yeah. Your, so yeah, their brand kind of, is... Your brand is an extension of their brand, so they yeah. need to give you that creative license. So it's kind of working in tandem and it's not like, it's not just do this, do this, like we're mannequins. Mm-hmm. It's being able to work together and then being like, no, I trust... I've come to you because I know you're good for my brand. Mm-hmm. So when I get things like that, yeah, I find that really re- rewarding. Um, and that's probably the pleasant surprises I've had. I feel like that all comes down to respect. So respect yeah. and covering your creative licensing as well as just respecting or paying you on time. Mm-hmm. They see you as like an official professional. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So speaking an- anonymously, were you ever let down or hurt by someone on a friendship level within the industry? Or if you don't want to discuss it, you don't have to, but maybe just the feelings that arose or the situation that arose around that? Yeah, there have been... But I think I kind of touched on that before about when you said about yeah, the negative jumping. trait, things like that. So without going too in-depth, there have been things like that. Yeah, and little things. And realising kind of people you thought were friends maybe mm-hmm. in the situations that, that are more personal, they're not really there. They're only there when it's more of the work-related yeah. topics. So navigate, it's really hard to navigate and trust these relationships for more than just what they started as. So like, hey, we connected because we're in, we're both influencers we and we want to help each other content create. But yet when it comes to like, hi, I've had a really bad day. Can you be here? Yeah. And you think that they might be because you've got really close, like yeah. bonding over the other stuff. They're, they're not. In, okay. It's very different because maybe they only see it more as a business relationship. Okay. Whereas I see it differently. You go in wholeheartedly like, I'm me. I both here for you on a friendship level under yeah if you need help i can always help you work wise mm-hmm. okay so taking it to the consumers level um so people viewing your content what type of messages or comments have you received from people across the years that have really like stuck out good or bad uh gen- generally i've not had 
many negative things. Mm -hmm. There was a couple when, um, a while ago, when Misguided reposted kind of a selfie taken of me and people were commenting about, like, me having fake lips and that. And I was like, I, well, I don't. I've never had a filler in my lips. And they yeah. were like, you're lying. Like, why would you even lie? That's what everyone says. And I was like, well, I haven't. Like, I don't really I don't really care. I'd just say if I did. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of girls commenting on my actual own feed. And these, the two girls actually worked for quite big brands. And mm-hmm. they had them in their bios. And they're brands that I'd worked with before. And I was like, you probably shouldn't be commenting not very nice things on my feed. Yeah. <laughs> when you have what companies you work for in your bios for the... And they were yeah, like, because you're attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but aside from that, everything's been really positive. People are great, especially when I open up about the more personal things. The mm. feedback I get is amazing. I have really ram- rambly captions and most of my thing anyway. Yeah. I've always been like that. I've always wanted to kind of show more of my personality. Because mm-hmm. Instagram, obviously, is very visual. But you have that caption tool to kind of show off mm-hmm. who you are and engage and let people get to know you. Yeah, I think that's been a really strong asset um nowadays because people have seen so much visual content they're like oh it used to be like a one-line caption but yeah. now people need more yeah just to like be able to know you and understand you and engage if they trust you yeah exactly because there's so much of it now mm-hmm. they're just like who can i get to know a bit deeper so yeah it's just, the feedback i get on the personal stuff is really positive really great and people just when they're saying like even you saying that even it might be a negative story you you sharing that has helped me because I can relate and mm. I understand and I know you're not just I'm not just seeing you like through a glass window now you are an actual person and life is not perfect yeah <laughs> I think that's been a really like big uprising I've noticed because I feel yeah. like now I'm more inclined to share my story even though I'm not an influencer by any means but I just feel like I want to share more just to yeah. show other people that life is normal it's up and down mm-hmm. um, and I don't want to be seen as like pristine and perfect because there's so much in my life that I hide from the world but exactly. I'm trying to like slowly bleed it out for my own self-growth but yeah. also to show other people that yeah and I think perfect. the mindset is changing as well because initially when people used to start sharing stuff like that people mm. would be like why why are you telling me about the negative thing it's like you couldn't win yeah like <laughs> when oh, people yeah. do start talking about it they're like well can you not you're, mo- you're moaning but then <laughs> otherwise they're like well all you talk about is clothes and it's like well which do you want me to do yeah <laughs> but now people are so much more open to hearing other people's stories and sharing yeah. and realising that social media can be used for general conversation and not just, like, surface value. Not stuff. just a museum of greatness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it must be hard to balance, like, living authentically and being who you are to your core as well as, like, trying to make a living and making income. So um, there must have been times we've had offers from brands that have come to you the product that you probably wouldn't necessarily choose mm-hmm. if you were to go out and choose like a solution to your problem. Mm-hmm. Are there any values or beliefs that you stick by to ensure that you're both prolific in your personal life and your work life? Or any things that you... I guess just like a mantra that you use to gauge whether to do that or not. Yeah, well, well, it's just... Mine's just really simple. Like, do, do I like the product? Would it fit into my daily lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not... Maybe it's a new product that I've not... I'm not necessarily currently using or something, mm. but would would could I fit it into my lifestyle now? Then yeah, maybe I can work with them. If it's something that I'm like that's so far removed, what would I? What am I even going to do with that? Like how if I can't get a vision of how it fit into my content, my setting, yeah. my lifestyle straight away, then I I just don't bother because there's no point. Like I only work with brands or like products that I know. I get excited about when I hear about them, basically. Okay. So I guess that would go on to my next question where you wouldn't 
like when would you refuse to work with brands and agencies is it just like you basically have to have the vision or is there anything else that contributes to your decision maybe like the people or the yeah agency I think um outreach emails I find quite important as well I like the personal ones some of them people get your name wrong they're generic emails they you can see that they <laughs> hey not, polly yeah right they've, they've not bcc'd everyone else in so you can see everyone else's email addresses oh, and no. you're like well, you you're just hoping for potluck whoever gets back to you like you've done no research into what i do oh no or, like they'll reach out with a completely irrelevant product and i'm like you've not even looked at my feed like i just bet they're interns. <laughs> interns like oh this will work right and no. so they're just trying their luck to see if anyone does get back to them i mean that's obviously an off put and half the time I don't even reply or if I want to then I will send and a reply reply and be like this is just not the way to do it mm. um and I'm gonna respectfully decline on that because so you call them out yeah sometimes I do sometimes I ignore them it depends on me- what mood I'm feeling in but <laughs> they need to know they need to know sometimes they do way. need to know um and some people again that just don't understand it and be like well this is a fair offer this is what we think you deserve and I'm like you don't know what I deserve. Like, Why are you telling me my value? Yeah, right. So I'm like, you know, this is what I charge. This is my job. This is what I've been doing. So you don't have to accept it. We can just move on and not work together. But you, you don't have the right to tell me that I'm charging that's too much so and rude. that's like that my offer is ridiculous kind of thing. That is so like, rude. Yeah, right. I had that recently the other week, and I was like, I'm sorry, that's not fair. Your offer is not fair. This is what I've been charging. I've had no issue with it in the past. Who are you to tell me that? It was like, like you could just say, yeah, exactly. You come <laughs> to me saying how much you love my stuff and how much you really want to work with me. I'm just like, if that's too much for you, just just say we can't stretch to that right now. Sorry, mm-hmm. you don't have to go and tell me that. No, we think this is fair based on this, this, and this. Like you just no. Yeah. I'm sorry, you don't know. You don't know how much time I put into it. Like it's just ridiculous so that's obviously an off put as well yeah that is i think there's just a level level of decorum you need to maintain yeah um like no one else dictates what other people are worth in more protected industries yeah it just feels like they still feel like they can you know tell you what you're meant to be mm-hmm. yeah so we've touched on the mental health thing which i thought was quite positive um in our initial conversations so now it's got to this stage in your life and you're quite experienced being an influencer are there any tools or anything you do to keep you feeling balanced and mentally well just like Mm. to make sure every day you're feeling like I'm my optimum self but I know I'm in an industry where I need to be online quite a lot of the time I think I'm still learning on that one if I'm honest that's not a question I wouldn't like to give I always think it's quite hard to give advice on mental health because Mm -hmm. it is so subjective like no one deals with everything the same way nothing like one thing might work for someone else and it just doesn't work for the other person. So it's really hard to kind of Mm. advise on that. I do think I have noticed when I do change environments and stuff, even if it's just like moving from my bedroom to my, to my lounge, if Mm. I'm having a mental block or something, Mm. just looking at something else, something else stimulating you does kind of help to get out of a rut. Yeah. But I'm still kind of learning on how to, get out of the phases when it hits me harder or, or it is an ongoing battle like i don't think anyone is. really has a like i need to do x y and z every day and ting like I feel yeah better. but it's just the kind of thing of trying not to get sucked into comparing yourself with other people as well but everyone does it like it's not yeah, even just natural. in this industry people do it mm-hmm. in all other industries that's just the way we're set up now that's life so mm. we can say it as much as we want and there are some people that can not compare um but it 
takes a long time to get to that, I think, and mm-hmm. it's a very hard thing to do. So it's a personal journey. Yeah. Were there were they were very <laughs> Were there ever any times where you've got to like rock bottom and been like, I want to throw the towel in? Oh and be yeah. Like, I don't know if I can carry on. Oh, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not the only one as well. Speaking yeah. to fellow people doing the same thing, yeah. and especially right now in this current moment, mm. a lot of people seem to get it at the same time that I've spoken to. It's like January blues. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think also that's to do with when brands get their budgets and do their marketing campaigns yeah. as well it's suddenly like, oh, I've not got as much on as I did. Like, Christmas was crazy. Now, since then, it's died down a lot, mm. and it's the same for everyone. And also, growth on Instagram as well slows down and speeds up at certain points. And everyone seems to get in a similar mindset. At the same time, they just, like, feel really uninspired. Like, li- literally, the other week, I was like, I kind of just want to do something else. Because... <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll just learn dentistry. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess also because I'd been ill and been... Mm. off instagram i haven't posted for like two and a half weeks which is a long time for me considering yeah. like t- i was posting like twice a day before. yeah um i was losing followers and i noticed substantially losing followers because mm. that was such a huge it's sa- it doesn't sound like that much especially if it's not a career for you but mm. it is that is so much time i'm basically not like non-existent if i'm not there for two weeks <laughs> yeah like beth was saying the other day she she posted twice last month and she's like I just haven't put content up but yeah. one because I've been working on other stuff but two yeah. because I haven't really been that motivated. motivated yeah yeah and it's like I don't want to put stuff up for the sake of putting stuff up just just put it out there because then you'll end up later being like why did I do that why did Especially. I put that out and I don't even like it anyway that's a really so. good highlight from this conversation actually because I think I've been in that situation where because I've kind of succumbed to this in like this internet world where you have to keep content like regular yeah i've just posted stuff to like fill a gap yeah and then obviously i don't have any repercussions because it's not my job but at the same time like you get into i have always have to post mindset but now i've noticed from you and beth and like knowing how you've evolved in the industry that mm. now you've come more back to yourselves and you're like actually i don't need to post yeah i mean it's just it right. is annoying obviously when you're losing followers and your mm. engagement's lower but at the same time it's like sticking with your morals, I guess, again. Like, why am I going to put something out for the sake of it? Mm. Like, just to put something out there and show I'm still here. But c- because I only want to put something out that I'm proud of and happy and fully, it feels refined and complete. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another ongoing battle. But I think I've learned more now that, look, I'm not going to put it out for the sake of it. Yeah, so, don't do it for other people. We have to do it for yeah, you. Yeah, do it for you. And you can build that engagement back up when you're feeling inspired and stuff anyway it'll come back it's yeah. just all circles yeah up and down just roll with it rather than just thinking this is the end of yeah cool what do you think you would have done if this career wasn't an option oh i really wanted to do interior design and i still do i That's love cool. it because when i did the fashion design course yeah um we got to specialize in our final project um what we kind of what avenue you wanted to yeah. go down i did my final project on interiors i've always loved that like even dad said like he can I help him with stuff? And yeah. I happily do that. Obviously, I this flat I kind of did as well. Yeah. Um, and I still love it. So I definitely would look still look into doing that if I decide to kind of give up on this. It's still down the creative avenue. Yeah. And, like design kind of stuff, which I'll never I'll never get out of that yeah. side of things. I'll yeah. never go into like financial corporate kind of stuff yeah, no, or anything not. like that. But yeah, I, that's I can I can answer that. I don't have to think about that. I still love it. That's that was quick I thought you would have been like you know what I'm not sure because so many people even now I question myself in my industry like what would I do if I'm not mm. a creative but you have just plugged that that was mm. good because I, I think it. you're quite good with detail 
and yeah. you, and you, like you just said previously you want to take it all from start to finish yeah and you can really manage that and you love doing it whereas I'm I don't know there's bits of the process I could just tap out at and I'm like mm. yeah but in Fair. interior design needs that like character I from guess. like vision yeah. to final result yeah to go in and keep like making sure that matches the in- design intent when it's getting constructed yeah 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 I love it so lastly, do you have any advice for younger people starting out in this industry or just people and younger people who want to become an influencer who see like that as like a, this is going to be my profession, I'm choosing that? I always feel like this is such a cliche answer, like the way you answer the question is so cliche about mm. like just kind of sticking to your own guns. Mm. But I think people come into this now thinking they have to look a certain way or be doing a certain thing to to be successful and I just that's not how it should be you need to come in not one also you, you shouldn't come in just because you want like free stuff and you want you see people doing this stuff and you're like I want that mm. like you need to still have a passion for creating content for like socials that is what it is essentially it's not just yeah. having this like dream life it's you're constantly creating content you're mm. constantly on your emails you have to be self-motivated to do that because mm-hmm. otherwise you're just gonna flood yourself yeah with stuff and become and start hating it anyway Mm -hmm. so that passion does have to be there it is a content creation job it's not just like that's why i prefer the term content creator than influencer because that is essentially what you're doing that that's my door okay get the door (laughs) so we're back again just finishing the answer to the question about advice for younger people who want to become an influencer um yeah, so to summarise, it was just kind of go into it. Not Don't expect it to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy as it looks. Mm-hmm. You do have to be constantly on alert, but it is so rewarding when, when you put the effort in. You just need to be prepared. And I'm out of breath now because I ran down the stairs. <laughs> Fitness <laughs> peak. <laughs> and you, yeah, you need to enjoy doing socials and photography and stuff not just you're not just doing it for the sake of it how important do you think it is to have a message as if you were starting out as an influencer I think before it, it kind of came like serendipitously where you're like oh I'm creating content and then I mm. form my message and who I am along the way but now it's like do you think you have to have an established this is what I stand for no or... I don't I still don't think you do because at the same time I think people do still are forever changing their niches anyway like mm. I know some people that started fashion beauty bloggers and now are into the more mental health mm. awareness kind of that kind of thing advising people mm. and they don't like doing the fashion beauty anymore but that they've been doing fashion beauty for years mm-hmm. so I don't think you have to go into <laughs> <laughs> Sasha's drinking my water <laughs> yeah I don't cool. think you have to go into it with a niche obviously it helps if you've got a specific area that you like doing because that's what will inspire you initially but mm. don't think that it's going to be like that it's a very fluid kind of industry I I didn't really obviously I wore makeup and stuff like that before but I I wasn't really interested in doing like beauty content and things and now currently most of the brands I'm working with are beauty and I love creating beauty content so whereas it used to just me be me posting pictures on my outfits and stuff yeah and I and I speak about random stuff I speak about mental health and things mm-hmm. yeah I do the odd travel bits I yeah. do like random life anecdotes it's just it's very fluid so. and it's, it seems like quite 360 now you yeah. can you can delve into different bits of you yeah and people like that as well like we're we're not just kind of one tiered humans we mm-hmm. all have more than that going on so 
it's nicer now to see different parts of mm-hmm. people's character and things online. I like that. And I like actually now going to Instagram to look for, I guess, mental health advocates or influencers who have more of a story rather than just thinking like, I'm going to her for fashion, that's going yeah. to be fashion. Or I'm going to him for fitness, it's just fitness. Yeah. I know I can go to them and be like, oh, his take on mental health or his take on um, how to manage work relationships come from just the fact that he's a maybe a fitness platform. Yeah. You can go to him and see his advice on these different angles. But I also think people take from it what they will. Like you say, you like to go mm. look look at those pages and find more about them mm. some people might just go to literally look at imagery or they might just yeah. come to my page literally to see what I'm wearing mm. but then yeah, others true. come because they really like my lot I've had loads of people be like I love your captions I love the, the stuff you write in them I mm. love reading about them they make me laugh things like that mm-hmm. so everyone's always going to take different things from it which is why it pays to not just be it pays to be multifaceted yeah I guess yeah I think so and it makes you more um I guess attractive to people who want to work with you yeah and you reach a wider kind of more diverse audience yeah so. are there any people in your industry i guess this is not the last question but it's spawned <laughs> this inspiration any role models or people in your industry that you think have done really well in carving out a space for themselves or that you look up to and think their human traits are really powerful and i really think that they're doing so great as a human kind of thing yeah i the main person that i go to when i'm feeling like i just need some a pick-me-up is was well, she's actually the person I spoke about before, Grace Victory, mm-hmm. who started like as fashion beauty. Mm-hmm. She's a plus size fashion bl- blogger, and she stopped doing YouTube now. When I last spoke to her, she said she just has no interest in YouTube anymore. But mm-hmm. she used to do kind of all the YouTube videos, and she now does load of mental health awareness, mm-hmm. like body positivity, of all of that. Yeah, and she's she's hilarious herself. Like she's just so full of life. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always happy and well she's not always happy that's the thing she's she's open about the fact that she has down days Mm -hmm. and she's open about the fact that she has she's had days where she's comparing herself but then most of the time she's like why am I doing this I don't need to be doing that and she Mm. advocates for like being yourself and like Mm. stop looking at other people Mm -hmm. as something you you need to be Mm -hmm. just accept them they're different there's someone else on the planet they probably have issues too and also I found that when I listen to her on a podcast and watching her youtube video she's really self-accepting she's I think so it comes down to that she's like i'm a plus size model and they used to, i had all this resistance before from being the size but actually like who am i and i really like it exactly so and she just cares? fully accepts herself and mm. like i said some days she'll have days where she's like i feel shit about myself mm. but you you can't escape and no one is gonna have every single day like that but most of the time she's she's managed to get herself to a place where she's so strong mentally where she can mm. just push that aside and be like why am I doing that she Mm. can like step out of that mindset and look look into herself and be like what am I doing yeah and I just find that so inspiring just even reading just little things she'll even on twitter like stuff she'll say Mm. it's just really uplifting when you have a shit day yeah (laughs) okay so grace victory for all of you who haven't heard of her yeah Olivia's recommendation there you go so to end I'm gonna um ask you some quick fire questions just one answer okay for anyone (laughs) wanting to know a bit about you and they're quite fun Okay, so first, plans or spontaneity? Plans. <laughs> favorite favorite drink? Pineapple juice. Favorite thing you own? Sasha. Sasha is a cute little cat. <laughs> <laughs> thing you like most about yourself? Oh, yeah, that's I asked mom this and she was like, <laughs> "What? This is not quick fire." <laughs> no. Um honesty, probably. Yeah. Do you think people can change? Yes or no? I think they can grow. That's not... It's a really hard one. I think they can grow, but not not fully change. 
Cool. <laughs> too much or not enough? Too much. And lastly, luck or fate? Fate. Cool. Well, <laughs> that's the end of the podcast. I hope that was illuminating. Any end words? Um, no, I hope I came across okay. I think you did. I think that was a very well-rounded and comprehensive. Didn't know if I did a rambling thing again. No, no, we did good. We <laughs> okay. did good. So until next week, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, lots of love and look after yourselves. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Check out my blog at brandmindbody.blogspot.com for more of my adventures. Also on Instagram at A underscore blanks and same for Twitter. That's B-L-A-N-X. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave me a lovely review. Lots of love.